Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. James has got a post new glass. Have you, James? Oh, it's an odd one. You just probably haven't seen it. I've never seen that one before, James. Don't do that. nice. (laughs) Sorry. Cast a light in him. This, my mum and my sister found these in a charity shop and correctly thought I'd like them. Mm. Oh, they didn't find them in a sand dune and dig them up and bring them to you. (laughs) It's it's highly possible. That would explain a number of events in my life. The curse. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Britain. An ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts, Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are... The General Witchfinders. Right, okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, welcome back to the mindless twaddle one-star <laughs> review of the 43rd episode of the General Witchfinders podcast. I'm James in Bournemouth in southern England. Uh, I'm John Pountney in South Wales, which is still in the South of Wales, and I can't believe that we've watched 43 films in three years. Well, me and James have watched more because we did extra ones as well. <laughs> God, it just makes your mind just... <laughs> <laughs> well, we watched, in the first on. year we watched 20 films uh, no we did we did did we really in the first year we watched 20 films then we watched one but that was lockdown wasn't it then we yes. watched one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eight. 12 films in the second year and then one two nine in the in the oh well, my yeah. god fathers yeah <laughs> yeah fair play there okay. we are all right, so I'm oh, sorry, and Ross, you haven't said who you are. Oh, sorry, I'm Ross in Dorchester, and this time we woke up 28 days later. Hello, hello. So who are you? I wake up today in hospital. I wake up and I'm, I'm hallucinating. Hello. I've got some bad news. They're infected. Infected! 
So, 28 Days Later is a 2002 British post-apocalyptic horror film, our first film from the 21st century. Guys, that true? Mm. Apparently so. We have covered two other topics that were made in this century. What are they? Says Ross's script. (laughs) Do you remember? No. Okay, so well, uh, what's the question? So we've, we've this is our first <laughs> film from the 21st century, but we've done mm, two other yeah, things yeah. which are made in this century so far. Can you think? Oh, um, a Mark Gatiss thing, probably. Kind of. Oh, yeah. go on then. What? So we've done the road radio adaptation, which was oh yeah, 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 and yeah. we did Never Trust a Rabbit um, short story. Oh book. God, yes, the book. yeah. So those are the only way other... back in episode four or something, was it eight? Episode eight. Oh, really? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. We'd already done seven by then. Yeah. But before, but this is the first film we've done from the 21st century. Yes. Wow. So, it says that Ewan McGregor was the original choice to play the protagonist. No Jim. way. But he and director Danny Boyle had had a falling out at the time <gasps> over the beach, in which McGregor uh, had been slated to play the lead, but was then replaced by Leonardo uh, DiCaprio. Oh. And of course, McGregor and Boyle have since reconciled because they made Transporting 2 together. Transporting 2. T2. T2. Uh. Not to be confused with Terminator 2, Judgment Day. The original. Far, far, really, far superior film. Absolutely far superior film. <laughs> After McGregor, the role was offered to Ryan Gosling. Mm. Who passed. Oh, what? Was it? Yeah. In 2002, he was two. about 10. <laughs> And all these uh, people are it, much older than you think. They're all like really? in their fifties and sixties. Everyone's aging much better now. It's, yeah. it's the, the the diametric opposite to the nineteen fifties and sixties. <laughs> well, he's right, older so, than Nigel Farage. Right. <laughs> so, so Ryan Gosling, who passed having a scheduling conflict, leading to the film being offered to the relatively unknown Cillian Killian Murphy, Peaky Blinders ugh, slash Oppenheimer star <laughs> Murphy, unsuccessfully auditioned for the role of Batman for Batman Begins, of course. Uh-oh. But Christopher Killian Nolan Murphy likes it. is 47. There's yeah, so he's our age, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Christopher Nolan liked his audition so much that he gave him a role as the Scarecrow, who uh, appeared in all three Nolan Batman films. Murphy is also apparently a huge Doctor Who fan. <laughs> According to uh, my says, uh, says the Doctor true? Who fanboys. Yeah, oh, well, I'm yeah, okay. skeptical of this. Right. Proper Doctor Who or the modern rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, it says, speaking of which, the film also features the ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston, mm. with a very gingery, biscuity hue. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hasn't it? Terrible posh accent. accent yes. <laughs> as well as Naomi, Miss Moneypenny, Harris, Megan Burns, and the great, great Brendan Gleeson. With a terrible um, accent as well. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was passable. <laughs> yeah. 
It was he, just, he just should have been Irish because yeah, he just sounded yeah, there's like. There's no reason for him not to be Irish. Yeah, yeah all right, mate. Yeah, yeah, come on in. Yeah, don't worry about the zombies, mate. We'll get in my taxi. But because now. he had that I, that um that uh, accent, I didn't recognise it was him. I was going, uh. well, he's going to be in this later on. <laughs> the magic of acting. Yeah. Yeah. I thought uh. it was Olivier all the way through. <laughs> So uh, apparently Brendan Gleeson, who, according to uh, IMDb, is born on the same date as Councillor Deanna Troy herself. <laughs> Very harmless. <laughs> ah. Now, Danny Boyle's. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, Danny so Boyle. Boy. The pipes, the pipes are calling. So Danny Boyle was the director. His uh, he's had a strange old filmography, Danny Boyle. Bearing mm. in mind he's a very, you would have to describe him as a successful filmmaker. Mm. When you yeah. actually look back, you're like, Oh god, I totally forgot he directed that. Mm. That that mm. film's had no cultural cultural impact whatsoever, etc., yeah. yeah. etc. Et and bearing in mind that he directed a film that that was just you know resplendent with Oscars in Slumdog Millionaire, a film that you barely either see or hear oh, about god, these yeah. days. No, I showed yeah, it to okay. the kids the other day, and it was like, oh, I forgot there was so much. Um, paedophilia and like <laughs> and like drug <laughs> abuse and stuff in this film. Dog abuse, drug abuse. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, god, I thought. And dog abuse. Um, <laughs> we went. Helen and I went to see one of his films, and uh, it was absolutely awful. But it was remarkable just for the t- fact that at the time he was with Rosario Dawson. Yes, and she is totally full frontally nude in it about at least three times. What films? And you're that? just like, is this I can't trance? Remember. Is this trance? I, I honestly my can't film remember. Of- it was. It must have been about 2012, 2013. And I remember thinking, because it was around the time of the Olympics, I do remember thinking, I wonder if the Queen has watched this (laughs) (laughs) and has been disgusted by this filth. We are not amused. Yeah. I just die. We walked out of it like, what the fuck was that meant to be? It was absolute garbage. Um, What else has he done, Jane? Right. Okay. So according to Ross's script here, so the, the big ones are Shallow Grave, which was his first mm. feature, then mm. Train Spotting, which is the thing for which he's most defined, synonymous. Defined our yes. teenage years. The 90s. Yes. I, I very much. That was absolute shit. <laughs> well, interestingly <laughs> enough, good soundtrack. His follow up mm. film, which people were absolutely wetting themselves over after Train Spotting, you know. A life less ordinary because people yeah. were like, oh, Danny Boy's going to do a film with you, McGregor. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. It was yeah. dreadful. Mm. Went to see it with Simon. 19, yeah, 1998. It was very bad. It, 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 it was very is. Bad. It's got a kind of weird um, matter of life and death kind of thing, hasn't it? With like yes. people who are angels or oh, in white clothes. And, yeah, all I yeah. Remember, I've got to get this in before we do the mm. review. I think, Cleves. That me and you went to see Twenty Eight Days Later with Simon. All oh, right, okay. And Hell, and um, your uh, your other from back in the day, mm-hmm. um, who remains nameless on this podcast. <laughs> um, and I think we went to see it in Atlantic Wharf in Cardiff that down the bay. Right. Yeah, and we came out. We weren't fussed at the time, and Simon said. He could have stayed in and watched Casualty. Yeah. I, and, and that was his review. Is that so when we had an argument over who someone being in Independence Day? And, potentially, yeah. Robert I, Downey Jr. Yeah, and I said he wasn't in it. And you made me get money out of the cash point to pay you for the bet. <laughs> <laughs> a bet's a bet, Cleves. Good, good, good hustling, John. Well done, well done, sir. Right. So uh, it also says that he directed The Beach, of course, which is when he yeah. first worked with Alex Garland, who's the writer yes. of this film. But then the science fiction 
slash horror film Sunshine, mm-hmm. which yes. lots of people love. And Not seen I, it. it left it left me very cold. Yeah. When I watched um, it. I was really disappointed by wasn't, it. Um, what's his name? Brian. Brian. Cox. 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 Yeah, he was a scientific advisor, advisor on that yeah. film. Yeah. Oh, oh really? Mm-hmm. I yeah. always think of, whenever I think of that film, I think of Event Horizon. I always yes, think they're of, very, yes, cut from the same cloth. I figure yeah, episode 42 of Doctor Who. Oh, well, that was okay. ripped off from yeah. Sunshine, yeah. it, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. So. And with Michelle your- Collins, TV Cindy Beale. Exactly. Yeah. Another EastEnders. Yeah, but not the biggest wanker of them all. <laughs> <laughs> Which was another one star reviewing TV's comment. Wendy Richards. <laughs> Richards. Yeah. Is it Wendy Richard or Wendy Richards? I always think there's more than one of them. <laughs> really wish I had uh, What but- year? What, what year is this, madam? <laughs> <laughs> or, or it might actually be, madam. What year is this? <laughs> Can you say Cutty Sark in that voice? Cutty Sark. <laughs> Madam, what year is this? So he also directed the movie 127 Hours about the guy who got his arm stuck in the rock. Oh, no good. one wants had, to watch that, do they? Yeah, it was a good film, but you know, yeah. you can't like anything with that guy now. now yes. <laughs> and also, um, I should, Ross hasn't put it in the script, but also on the, the other side of the equation, I've got to point out that he did direct the Steve Jobs movie. Oh, I never which is it. pretty good, yeah? which is worth watching. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a stage play more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And or it's three times when Steve Jobs is about to go and give like the keynote mm-hmm. speech at the Apple thing. Yeah. And yeah. it's at different times of his life. Okay, does so, he film so, all with Dutch angles on a digital camera? Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. Which you can't anyway, see I just, what the fuck's going very, on. Very oh, mind, you know, we're giving Dutch him a bit angles. of chewing here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. I must also point out, he directed that dreadful movie yesterday where oh. everyone forgets that the Beatles have existed. Is that, is that Anthony <laughs> Boyle? Yes. It's awful. Oh. The song in which the guy who's the protagonist and Ed Sheeran have a song off. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was just um, the man that did 24, uh, not 24 weddings and a funeral. Four Richard, weddings. Richard, Richard, Curtis. Curtis. Richard yeah. Curtis wrote, Richard Curtis wrote it. Oh. But Danny Boyle directed it, and that's the last I, thing he's directed. Mm. Oh, well, trance. He was meant to film yep. that Bond film, wasn't he? But then they had uh, yes, they had a big falling out. Yeah, it is yeah. trance. Interesting. That I saw James. Yes, mm. twenty thirteen yes. psychological thriller. Again, uh, a screenplay had- by Joe Ahern. Who's Joe Ahern? I know that name. But, but, um, um, Adam and Joe. No, no. Joe Ahern. No, he did. He um he he direct. He wrote. Ultraviolet, and he was a doctor. He was a Doctor Who director. Um, oh, I thought he was a Doctor Who. He directed Dalek and another. Oh, okay. Um, and Chris Records said he would only come back and do the fiftieth uh, oh, anniversary yes. if he let him direct it. Yes, and yeah. they fired Russell T or something. Yeah. Um. So it cost twenty million to make, and it made twenty four point three million. Yeah. So that's a flop, yeah. isn't it? Well, I, I remember at the time people were saying this film is ridiculous. Yes. Um. And but yeah, yeah. So once again. Very small cultural capital. Sorry if you are listening to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Millionaire. How far have we got <laughs> now talking about nothing before we get to the film? Well, the film I do, oh. This is the best bit, isn't it? Yeah. No one yeah. wants, no one here, no one listens to hear us talk about the actual That's film the we're film. reviewing. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were the so, names of the people that left those um, I reviews? Can't, I can't remember names. No. <laughs> They're not written on little dolls with pins in them. <laughs> they he, really he, are. he doesn't wake up in the middle of the night just shouting their names. <laughs> <Yeah. out>. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of red bits of string attached to <laughs> I will find them. Different <laughs> photos of them. Yeah. Right. So, 
also, it's worth pointing out that, of course, Danny Boyle directed the, he was the artistic director for the opening mm. ceremony of the 2012 London Olympics. Which yeah. was very good. Best thing he's ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And mm. interesting, almost like Britain from another time. There's an amazing documentary about God, him doing, yeah. of doing it, uh, of yeah. like yeah. All, the, all the preparations and stuff. And it just looked, yes. yeah, yeah, it was insane. It was great. How far we have fallen since <laughs> that. Exactly. exactly. It's I'm mad, really, isn't it? Yeah, because I was thinking, oh, inevitably think about Danny Boyle and I think about the Olympics and all of that. And I thought, yeah. do you remember at the time, there was, there was a Conservative MP who, in the midst of that ceremony, had tweeted more multicultural crap. <laughs> and loads of people just absolutely tore into him going yeah yeah, 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 so, yeah. You know, how dare you this is brilliant and mm. this is representing yeah. Great Britain and he was really shouted down yeah. and I was yeah. like these days he would be yeah. applauded mm. yeah, yeah, go, oh yeah, look yeah, at him yeah, taking yeah. a stand against wokeness mm. or, something, yeah. or something like that and I was like Jesus that, that really was kind of like the last days of old Britain yeah mm. I the, the 20th like, right. before Brexit and so on and so forth mm. but anyway uh, back to it the other thing that he did do big tick in the, the good column is Danny Boyle also directed Frankenstein on stage for the National Theatre with two Sherlock Holmeses in it, Benedict yes. Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller, that, and Ross has put that James was indeed lucky enough to see live. Yeah, very jealous. Um, th- yeah, they did that thing where they would swap who would play Frankenstein and who would play the creature. Adam Frankenstein, fact fans. That's his uh, name yeah. Adam Frankenstein, that's the name he gives himself. Yeah. Um, so the, and the night that I saw it, it was I was really pleased because the creature was Johnny Lee Miller, Cumberbatch was 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 Frankenstein, the which I think was was yes, which I think was probably the best. Oh, uh, they're they're, was, they're on uh, Amazon Prime, I think, and I've I've sort of skipped through <laughs> just watching both okay. of them to uh, just to sort of compare their different performances. It was uh, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, yes, I would say that Cumberbatch. I would say that he's seen as being a stronger actor than Tony Lee Miller. Is that mm. true? Or I would say, yes, yes. yes. Johnny, if you're listening, <laughs> again, multi-millionaire <laughs> Johnny Lee Miller. I'm sure they won't lose too much sleep over this over our yeah. little podcast, pre-podcast. <laughs> um, but also, Ross's script points out that Boyle was offered, a, but passed on directing the following films: Alien Resurrection, apparently, no to way. work on A Life Less Ordinary. Yeah, Fight Club apparently, although he was busy with the beach. Although that's the first time I've ever heard that, Ross. Mm, yeah. and apparently Eight Mile, as he was busy with Twenty Eight Days Later with Eminem. Oh. Is that Eight Mile? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a lot of people don't know as well is that he's related to TV Susan Boyle from <laughs> um, The X Factor. Oh, the same TV person, I, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, he's, and he's directed a lot of her videos. And not a lot of people know that. <laughs> no, no. Nice. Well, also, it says here that regular country collaborated with Boyle, one of my, that's, this is me, James, not, no, not Ross, one of my absolute favourites is Alex Garland, uh, who wrote this film. And that man has got a filmography that includes Never Let Me Go, Dread, which is the Judge Dread film, which even though it says he didn't direct it, he did direct that's it. It's fantastic. Really good film. Really good. Um, the absolutely incredible. Ex Machina, for which he oh, received yes. an Oscar nomination. Oh, Annihilation, right. one of my top 10 films of all time. I love it so much. Um, he also wrote the fantastic TV series and underseen TV series, Devs, mm-hmm. which if you've got Disney Plus, it's all on Disney Plus now. You can, you can watch that at your leisure. That's amazing. And the absolutely bonkers, the fantastically bonkers movie, Men. And he has the... <gasps> 
Yeah, and he has the now very it makes sense. Intriguing looking civil war coming out. Yeah, this that year, looks good. Yeah, I yeah. Cannot wait to see. Not mm. about the English so, civil yes. war. No, unfortunately not. No, no, no. no, 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 no about another American in America. civil war. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, men was um, out there. Well, that would be a good review for this because it's definitely yeah. a horror film. Isn't yeah. It? Oh, yeah. 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 100%. Well, we have to go through each transformation at the end in great detail. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Alex Garland has said that he took inspiration for 28 Days Later from George A. Romero's uh, Living Dead film series. Uh, mm. He mentions on the commentary the two bits that definitely inspired it, mm-hmm. um, both in, not the original, but as in uh, Dawn and Day of the Dead yeah, yeah. inspired him. And 90, John Wyndham's 1951 novel, Day of the Triffids, mm-hmm. the notion yes. of sort of like the quiet apocalypse and mm-hmm. sort of yes. England fallen silent. And right. the rest yeah, of and it. also what coming out of the hospital, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yes absolutely. Yeah. TV's, so, um, oh, what's the BBC, what's the guy in the BBC one called? Oh, the uh, beard. Carry on. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. The crew filmed during early mornings and temporarily closed streets to capture recognisable and typically busy areas when they were deserted. For the scene in which uh, Jim walks by the overturned double-decker bus, uh, which was on Whitehall, yeah, no yeah. less, yeah, yeah, yeah. the crew placed the bus on its side and moved it when the shot was finished, all within 20 minutes. They had asked permission to place the bus outside Downing Street, but Westminster City Council had refused. When they arrived at 4am, no one was the council was around. They just went ahead and did it anyway. Yeah, amazing. And he says on the commentary, like post 9 11, he's like, there is no way they would let us yeah. do this now. Well, 7 7 as well. They all bust yes, things. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah these yeah. these are the parts that really remind, remind me of Rose, the first episode of um, Russell T. Davis's Doctor Who, because it's. I, I watched, I stood and watched them film segments on um, St. Mary Street in Cardiff, which didn't make it into the episode, mm-hmm. infamously. Okay. Mm. Because the director, Keith Boak, mm. went a bit rogue, and then th- it, it, things were very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, a, uh, there was a whole sequence with a bus, and there was a, a sofa flying through the air, which could have hurt extras. Um, and watching this, it really reminded me of watching that being filmed, which obviously would have only been about two years after this maybe mm-hmm. i think it was 2004 um the other day so the other day i was told about that aspect and i was told about someone knowing someone that worked on life force yeah oh who, who created the mannequins for life force all the different animatronics i can't remember who i was having the conversation oh, no. with so it was someone who was telling me about keith boak directing rose who was never asked back to do no. any more doctor who and wow. then they were telling me, I, I think I'm sure it's the same person, the same conversation was then telling me about that the, the last thing that they did um, was to make the animatronics for Life Force and then they changed career. Oh. And I was like, that's a hell of a way to bow out because yeah. the animatronics are like the best thing. Amazing. Film, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So those sequences in this film are really very similar to uh, the Dutch ang- the Dutch angles and the kind of weird mm. golden filter. Yeah. A very, very like the first, the, the Eccleston first season of Doctor Who, which is quite strange, I think. Mm, um, I think it was just a very popular aesthetic at the time. It, well, it what well, it looks very early noughties, doesn't it? Mm, now mm. this film, and it looks quite. Da- I mean, there's there's dated, and there's also like there's the bit where mm. he walks along and all the phones, are, the, you know, the payphones yes. hanging down at the yeah. start. Yeah, yeah. That look that that's the only bit really that you kind of like. This looks massively different to now. Otherwise, it it. Looks quite mm. 
now, mm. yes. but in all in in the way it's made, it looks very dated now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Weird. So back on Ross's scripts, and we've got it says one of the first mainstream films to be shot entirely g- digitally, as yes. we just discussed. Mm. Although not the final scene. Oh, which, okay, if okay. you actually watch it, it's not. Uh, okay. It was a huge uh, financial success, grossing more than eighty-two point seven million dollars worldwide on its modest budget of eight million dollars. It became yes. one of the most profitable horror films of two thousand and two, and also something else that I thought about in rewatching this and whether. This came out the same year as Dog Soldiers. Oh, yeah. yeah there yeah. was something really uh, in the water, as in yeah, like yeah, military yeah, yeah, versus yeah. supernatural yes. threat, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, and it says that producer Andrew McDonald had access to funding from the National Lottery uh, and pitched oh, no it to way. Universal Pictures, who declined to support it. Budget constraints proved to be an issue, with Christopher Eccleston having to take an emergency pay cut during filming. McDonald announced to the crew that the production had run out of money and that filming ceased without a closing sequence being shot. The uh, he says on the commentary that the bit when they crash through the gates, mm-hmm. that yeah, you know that that kind of freeze frame. He said that was going to be the end of the film. Oh really? Oh no yeah, way! Yeah, yeah. For ages, he was like, we filmed it, and then we showed it to Universal. He went, no, you can't. You can't stop there. Yeah. You need yeah. to do a coda, which yeah. is so different yeah. from every other film we've done on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the end. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then it says after pitching several endings, the original, which featured Jim's death. And what, having watched it now on the aforementioned DVD, it's exactly the same, just with mm. no Jim. Oh, okay. Oh, no way. Okay, it's a chicken instead. She's <laughs> talking to a chicken on right. the table. There's like a chicken on the table, and she's putting together like the, uh, you know, the the flags. Hello thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're, they're, Why would you spell he- hello when you could do help with three letters? Yeah, that's oh, literally okay. what I have said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Um. How, so yes, the but that original ending, which featured Jim's death, tested badly with audiences. The studios mm. granted more funding to film the ending scene, which was eventually used and shot on film. On film, where you can see, right, so I it see. looks very, very different. Oh, that's the crew organized for a real jet to fly overhead for them yes. to film, as this was cheaper than the approximately seventy thousand pounds for a computer-generated one. That's yeah, mad, isn't which it? Which I could do yeah. now on my laptop whilst yeah. we're doing this. For about yeah, two yeah, pence. Yeah. I, rem- I remember yeah. interviewing the guy who directed Rogue One, mm. uh, and I can't remember his name now, Gareth. Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards. He's a lovely guy. I interviewed him for Welsh BAFTA about... Cool. Oh, my God, so long ago, when Monsters came out. Yeah, Monsters. Film Monsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember what really stuck in my mind was that he, all the stuff that was in Monsters, all the vehicles and stuff and planes and stuff were available online to download mm. as like renders you could use mm-hmm. in films and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that's mad that, that the difference between that, which Monsters was like 2008, yeah. yes, this was so 2002. That. So that's only five years. Mm. Yep. It was cheaper to get a real jet plane. Yep. When you watch it now, I remember at the time thinking, that's a jet plane. When you watch it now, it's really obvious that it's not a contemporary jet plane. Mm-hmm. It? It, looks yes. like a, it looks like a 50s jet yeah, yeah, plane yeah, yeah. or something. It, it looks like one of the ones from like Thunderball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> but does, that is kind of realistic though. If things all got went to shit, you know, maybe they were maybe. like... Maybe, maybe yeah. yeah. I, okay. I don't know if they'd get a jet out of like Duxford Air <laughs> Museum <laughs> to go looking for people. But um, yeah, that is, that's an interesting kind of... Um, Thing at the end that you're like, oh, that jet looks really like mm. anachronistic now. Yes. So should we start with the film? We've got one more. Oh, no, so not, yeah, this this must be a record for the it intro. Is. It is. But it says this film was then followed by the 
and I'm this is me oh, as being highly disappointing superior. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I think I prefer twenty weeks later. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, it's it like far going, better. Mm, being really well, for a start, it's got Imogen Putsin, who is like the best looking <laughs> film star of the twenty first century. I and well, um, it's just a far better film, James. Well, isn't I it? just I just don't like the, the the whole point of this film for me and the thing yeah. where like they could have run with it is the whole notion of Britain is under quarantine. Mm. And I love the notion of they would have just left us mm. to get on with yeah. it. And so the notion that at the end, like you see them in Paris and stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't like that ending. A, yeah. But a yeah. lot of the stuff I thought was the stronger. Opening's good. I remember the bit with Robert Carlyle running, running down the hill and yeah. stuff at the start. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Hell. That's I had good. to watch that through my hat <laughs> because I was absolutely shitting it. And I just thought, yeah, that's, um, I th- yeah, I think that's a better film. Interesting. That's interesting. Okay. In- yeah. And apparently Boyle and Garland have been, and apparently Killian Murphy now with his mm. Ox- Oscar nominee flex and power, yeah, are yeah, interested yeah. in doing a third part entitled yeah. 28 Years Later. Years. Which it almost is now. Yeah, it is, is right? makes you feel incredibly old. And yeah. Ross has put, this may be released in three parts, depending on what rumours you read. Yeah. But I yes, I've, I've read that, that it's a trilogy. I read that a couple of weeks ago when, before we, I watched it, but when I knew we were uh, watching it for the podcast, I then mm. saw, by coincidence, they were talking about doing a trilogy now, uh, which is... Are there another three films to squeeze out? Of? Uh, I don't know. The well, thing is, with content these days, people will literally watch anything these days, won't they? And you could probably make 48 films and people will still well, watch they, them. they made several series of it. It was called The Walking Dead. Um, which, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, again, oh, my God. I did a little bit. I did, a little bit, I did my homework, Ross. And mm. Walking Dead, and I was going to ask you guys about you know your thoughts on this as regards, like, you know, there was obviously something in the water going on because, the Walking Dead is a comic came out in two thousand and three. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? And so, yeah, obviously, uh, like a revival of zombiness. Knowing how yeah. long it takes to make comics, I very, very yeah, much yeah. doubt Robert Kirkman would have seen this and gone. And now I want to do a zombie comic. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that in the 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 cultural milieu, as it were, mm. there was obviously something going. But the kickoff on. is just so similar, though, isn't it? The yeah, whole the yeah. whole accident and waking up in hospital. Yeah, it feels like. Oh, so. yeah. that's an that's an archetypal disaster that, yeah. that is literally exactly the start of the um triffids john Wyndham mm. uh novel and then it's exactly the same in the bbc version with john Dottine, who i've just googled mm. That's um, and later on gary olson who went on to be the father in 2.4 children Four children and then yes. died very young he did mm. uh, so anyway so a big hello there to um, gary olson um, from the beyond the grave, the grave. Yeah. Uh, we thought you were great. Um, I, I've lost my thread slightly. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Keep pulling on. I, no, uh, that bloody uh, oh, Walking Dead was terrible. I watched a series where they were just on a farm, like the Walton. Mm. Oh, that's my favourite series. Like, that one. Oh my god! And it was like, there's nothing happening. Yeah. There's no zombies. They're just on a farm. There's no fence. Like, how do they stop the zombies coming? Yeah, I, was, I, I don't know. I, that was my favourite series of it but i think terrible yeah <laughs> it just went on and on and on and on and on yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i'd want to be like in the let well we'll we'll see now but i i think the best way to deal with it is to be in the top of a block of flats mm. with yeah. a lot of doors and stairs between you and the zombies and just go out in a car don't walk around mm-hmm. and, and just have a load of machine guns 
I'll just go well, to Portland. That's where I'd go. Well-stocked <laughs> cruise ship has always been yeah. my go-to. <laughs> I'll get out of sea. James Randall's autobi- autobiography coming soon. Yeah. A well-stocked cruise ship. <laughs> yeah, would, you be, would you wear a little captain's outfit, John? Uh, you James? know I would. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd want to go for the white shorts and the quite high white socks. <laughs> what, wow. Aaron Hubbard? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Doctor at sea. LRH, yes. Yeah. Well, they, right. At the um, Dorchester Museum, they got a brilliant like hall in there, and I think that would be my po- post-apocalyptic sort of like. Oh, um, I've always thought about this job. Um, <laughs> court, I'd be like Q, where people <laughs> yeah. come in on a floating chair, yeah, yeah. taunting Patrick oh. Stewart. <laughs> Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So how does the film start? Oh, it's the monkeys. Right. Yes. With TV's David Schneider. Schneider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, uh, I, I remember him from a TV series called up to something which was on um children's bbc in the late 80s where as i've read tonight he appeared on with shane ritchie amongst others but i do remember a sketch from that or another program where a geordie man presented it with long hair and david schneider played a wrestler in that in a wrestling ring and that was really funny (laughs) and that was probably about 1989 Mm. and then and then he popped up in this film and i do remember laughing to myself at the time thinking that's TV's David Schneider, who at that point was most famous for being Tony Hall or whatever his name is from I'm Alan Partridge, wasn't he at that point? Yeah. And of course, he's when sterling he, worth when he waves his today. cheese at him. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> when Alan Partridge waves his cheese at him. Absolutely. And says something like, give smell- me a show, you shit. Yeah, smell my cheese. Smell my cheese. <laughs> Monkey tennis. <laughs> All of that. 
So yeah, we're in a um a not very convincing lab somewhere mm. with monkeys. Cambridge, in some... they told us. <laughs> yeah. Very dark lab that doesn't look very scientific at all, with lots of mm. monkeys. Being forced to very... watch the news. Yeah, a monkey being forced to watch the news, which mm. looks like something from like a really shit Roger Waters video or something. <laughs> um yeah. that would be projected before Roger Waters the wall. Not Pink Floyd's the wall, just Roger Waters the wall. Um and it's not very convincing. And um and then some people, some well-meaning idiots break Animal in rights activists yes. to let the monkeys out. And then of course a woman gets bitten on the face by a monkey while David Schneider screams unconvincingly about them being infected no. or yeah. contagious or something. Beck yes. was saying if they if they really were infected with that, there'd be guns and stuff around. So <laughs> just in case if yeah. any of them did get out, you'd just, yeah. just shoot it. Um, uh, well, you wouldn't be just be pressing on an intercom, would you? No, no. I put that it was a bad day for Arnold Shifter and the PG Chips. <laughs> <laughs> Ray said, "Fred." Here, Arnold. Do you know? <laughs> do you know? I've gone into an uncontrollable killing rage. I don't know if you if you would hum it, I might stop playing a few bars, etc. There's one for the teenagers. Yes. Right. So, what they needed was um, Bernard Crippen to do a voiceover for all of those monkeys. Yeah. We then get in no way. And so we had a captain. I will be editing that scene with that music over the top of it. Lovely. Yeah, boys. It's basically Day of the Triffids then, isn't it? When he wakes up with his winky out. Yeah. I'm sorry for him. I put well done. I put well done, Killian Murphy. Because he's very naked. He's not just naked for like a quick flash. He's naked for a very long time. My question for that scene is, would he be naked? Wouldn't you be in some kind of gown? I don't know. If, do they, do they, I think it depends uh, what they're doing to you, but they were operating operation. on his head, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. but it, it's obviously post-op at that point. They haven't run off and left him there in the middle of an operation because his head's been sewn up. So why no. is he naked? Hmm. I just think that's um, careless on the part of the uh, nursing staff. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just because it's just a, such a, a very striking and unexpected image. Yeah. It, if you know it is I mean, a very striking image. image. Maybe yes. it's the same nurses from American World from Wont London who we know <laughs> check out people's genitalia when they're, yes. uh, when they're under. I potentially don't know that because I think I probably skipped most of that film. <laughs> and, and to be fair, I skipped quite a lot of this film. Oh, well. dear. We then get the very, very famous opening, and as just discussed, as Killian Murphy makes his way out of the abandoned hospital. And my notes are Hospital Racing John? After last time, <laughs> saying about hospitals, do you think this is an all right hospital? It looks very modern. It does. It does. But yeah, I, I, I mean, the, I was intrigued to see a Costa Coffee. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, um, yes. I didn't know Costa Coffee's dated back so far, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. But probably with things like that, they were in London first and then they went to other yeah, places. Correct. I can remember yes. being really, going to there's a really great restaurant in London called Subway. Like, whenever I go to London, I was guessing. Uh, oh, I love an Italian BMT six-inch <laughs> with um, a honey mustard dressing and gherkins. Oh, I have the emperor wrap. <laughs> I <laughs> bet you do. Please listen, Subway. We are available for sponsorship. Yeah. We yeah. are available. <laughs> we will sell out um, very easily. These bits are very effective, though, aren't they? Where he walks around the hospital and, and other bits of street. Uh, yep. He walks across Westminster Bridge like the Daleks did in uh, in the Dalek invasion of Earth. But there's a point uh, where he finds a newspaper, doesn't read it. Like, what? wouldn't you Whoa. fucking read a newspaper? He, he just holds, looks he, at he it. the front cover. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come to that in a second. And it's a very bad, not 
legit typeface, which is spaced really yes. horribly. Mm-hmm. And I just think the art department were asleep at the wheel at that point. And I would have had a fucking screaming abdags <laughs> if I had directed this. <laughs> and some lackey came to me with that front page of a newspaper. And which I was like, been, that doesn't look like pr- a fucking It's been newspaper. printed off with Microsoft Word, hasn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> well, this Dude. looks terrible. But yeah. also, I didn't realise as I was having watched it in the cinema when it first came out and having not seen it for a long time since, I forgot that it has, it's got a soundtrack over this. Yes, sequence. which is quite I, weird. Okay, and I put it doesn't need it. No, it's no. Quite, it would have been, it, it would be more, more effective, effective, just quiet. Yeah. Just, yeah, just silent. They, there's and, the jump yeah. scare when he triggers the car a lot. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. And that's yeah, when the soundtrack, yeah, yeah, when yeah, the soundtrack yeah, goes yeah, off. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it would have worked yes. with just. But I don't know. Silence. Okay, if you were in that situation, I don't think I'd be out in the middle going, hello. hello. No, I wouldn't. I think I'd no, be like, right, something's. This is really. I need to hide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we have just discussed, I put that he finds a very fake, fake evening standard, Mm. which, as John says, looks awful. And by comparison, uh, another film which which has got you know some of the same kind of DNA to this movie, I think, in some, which is a Quiet Place. Mm. When you see a a Quiet Place, they do a similar esque thing that you see that the dad has got all the, you know kind of like the news stories about the alien invasion up on his wall yeah 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 and yeah, yeah. the they've got the new york times uh, no sorry the daily news from new york mm. and it's like it just says it sounds and it's mm. like they, 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 these mm. aliens are responding to sound and apparently i thought I, this this was really nice they contacted him whose name i entirely forget now he was jim in the office mm, okay yeah you know yeah. He, he's and they just said mckenzie him, crook no, no. <laughs> Uh, but they, they, they got in contact with him just to say full permission to use the masthead and for what it's worth that's exactly the headline we would have used mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, if no this way free, that's oh, what we would have done good, it? because it's yeah. short and it's punchy mm-hmm. yes. so, so that's what made me think I was like wow whereas in A Quiet Place they do this. a really good job of making yeah. you think that's the real newspaper headline. This, this is terrible. Oh my God, no. But it's interesting. It's like, <laughs> Times, it's like Times New Roman Ro- with loads of space around it. And you just no like, pictures. at least use the same typeface as the fucking paper would have used. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't have used the serif typeface, you idiots. Mm. So they they, uh, they have like a, a board with all the people, like with the lost people. And they said, this is pre-9-11. Yes, and they was like, re- yes. yeah, round the um, Eros sculpture in mm. um, yeah. Piccadilly look, Circus. Look very much like the shrine to uh, Yonta Jones in, uh, in Carter Clay, <laughs> doesn't it? A little bit like that. Uh, what this makes me think is that we were lucky, really, to grow up in an era where um, history, and this is a, a chapter in the Andrew Marr book about hit the history of Britain, and since then, obviously, history has just gone mad again. Where it it says really that history has stopped and history is just shopping now and everyone's got loads of money and everything's fine and then suddenly mm. what what happens in this um, while they were filming this is nine eleven which obviously mm. precipitated a lot more history and mm. we're still living in the shadow of a lot of that mad stuff yeah um, so you know for the the nineties really growing up. You know, on the news, you had like Yugoslavia and stuff, which was mm. horrific, but you didn't have world wars. You didn't have plagues. Yeah. You didn't have. So, you know, we made films about stuff like that. Mm. Um, but my, but daughter, my daughter asked me today, is the war in Ukraine still happening? I said, yeah, it is. She goes, it's not going to be World War Three, is it, Daddy? And I was like, well, I hope not. You know, no. but um, yeah. uh, whilst I'm listening to a podcast about Oswald Mosley, it's, uh, it's just. <laughs> Stop talking to me. I'm listening to about fascists. About uh, Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing his black shirt. <laughs> um, 
So I think that that this film says a lot about a point in history where, like, if you think about what has happened to us, there's a lot of to, stuff that happened in that film which actually happened since that. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But also since twenty twenty twelve, if you think of all the stuff. Like we said earlier, if you think of all the stuff that's happened since the Olympics in 2012 mm, mm. to Britain, a lot of that is to do with um, uh, foreign, uh, you know, we've had people murdered on British soil by Rus- Russian agents mm. and no one did anything about it. They yeah. just let them get away with it. And then when they did an interview saying, oh, they'd come as tourists to look at Shrewsbury Cathedral, uh, Salisbury Cathedral, everyone just laughed about it. And I was like, these guys murdered someone. Mm. and it was. Mm. Just everything and shut like, down a whole city. Yeah, <laughs> and now and things like that. Now we're just laughed off, like oh, the next thing in the news cycle. Mm. And it's just very, very weird. Um, yeah. When well, you the- think back to this time, like the biggest news, you know, when you think about the 2010 election when Gordon Brown called a bigoted woman a yes. bigoted woman, that you know that was a massive fury. Actually, yeah. what he did was right, and I think. The world has gone quite mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The world has gone really mad. But when you look at films like this, it's people fictionalizing um, big happenings because they weren't really big things happening. Mm. And then, obviously, while they were making this, obviously they had nine eleven, which was a massive, you know. And apparently, this film became really popular during the pandemic as well. You know, yes, it did. Yeah. It's just yeah. yeah, we've actually yeah, we've lived, lived through. Yeah. We've lived yes. through it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. He mentions Danny Boyle mentions on the commentary track, he says that he was inspired a lot by um and like the notion of Britain being quarantined, that idea again. He said oh, because he said we had a flare up of foot and mouth. And John, I yes. suppose that was like the biggest thing. Yeah. And, God, and I'd and, forgotten yeah. that. Yeah. And sort of yeah, we could, I, I remember Helen and I went out for the day and we couldn't drive down certain lanes in the Vale because of foot and mouth disease. And I remember thinking, this is really quite strange. And then, um, you know, the f- news footage was like, uh, and loads of cows being burned, you know, the carcasses being burned and stuff. And that was like, oh, this is this is a big deal. Whereas now, those things happen every other week. Yeah. And we're yeah. just like, oh God, it's just never ending now. Become acclimatised. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So the next so- bit, that's really scary or the first bit. So I was pondering, and I don't know if you two will agree. This is potentially the first properly scary film that we've watched for mm. this podcast. I don't know. I, I got scared by um, ghost watch. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Honestly, when we were out. 15. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. When I watched it on my own. It, uh, well, it's creeping you out. Yeah, but this is a, pro- this-, this is a proper, this is a proper modern horror film. Ooh, Cause it? this yes. really, it didn't this time, but I remember watching the scene in the church at the time, mm. and that really put the willies at me. So what happens is he goes into a church. You've got the iconography of the crucifix there, and then, but then what annoyed me slightly now is that you've got something on the wall that says something like the end is really fucking nigh. Yeah, oh, I was which, about to mention this. Ah, uh, I thought that's like no one would fucking write that, mm. right? I've put <laughs> hipster graffiti job. That's my. Not- <laughs> I, I, and like you, I just thought, who would spend the time to yeah. put that? Ooh, the, ex- the end is extremely fucking nigh, guys. No one is going to take the time to do that, are they? Exactly. Because, that yeah. was that, that, watching it again, like, first time I watched it when I was, like, 22, like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 now, yeah. as a more older and cynical guy, I was yes. like, yes. no one would bother doing that. That's but so that's but, but the, um, the, the, I thought, like, the, the, 
the, the vision of seeing all the dead bodies, everyone who everyone went to the church and died. That's just very like, yeah. evocative. Or yeah. dumps bodies off at the church. Yeah, like, yeah, You can't yeah, bury them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is supposed to be the best place for them. So and that really put the willies at me. I think he said he, he saw that actually from footage from the Ebola virus, that, that, and he tried, mm. they recreated that for, for mm. this. And it's also yes. very similar to the end of Life Force as well, with all the bodies outside the... Uh... <laughs> and fun fact... The cultural keystone the, that is Life Force. The, the infected priest, who he then runs into, I dressed up as him for the last time I think I did fancy dress. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, guys. Back in 20... Back in... It would have been 2006. Right. It was when I was teacher training. And yeah. all the people on my teacher training course did a fancy dress party for Halloween. And yeah. I was like, oh, I need something like cheapish to do. And you can get one of those yeah. long uh, priest outfits pretty cheaply. Apply zombie makeup, look all sweat, look all kind of sweaty. Bang, Bob's your uncle. I was, I was very pleased Brilliant. with that. But I think that was the last time I ever did fancy dress. <laughs> I've dressed up as an ugly sister oh, yeah. since then. <laughs> and I dressed up as Amy Winehouse yeah. for a school performance oh, as well. Lord. A we zombie do. version of her, obviously. But not yeah. <laughs> is now. <laughs> but no, no, but that was, I think, the last time I did a fancy dress by. Anyway, anyway, yes. So Jim is attacked by the the, the zombie priest and the the hordes and the big and thing, the big selling point for this film is the fact you the that zombies that bit, ran. Mm. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. At the yeah, time, yeah. like thinking back to it, the whole deal was, oh, they don't shuffle towards you anymore. They well, they're not really meant to be zombies in this film, are no. they? And I think that's... No. They're just but people like, who are infected. But, but still, I still had to get it out of my mind that don't get in, there, don't get near dead bodies, don't get near dead bodies, and they said, like, "Oh no, yeah, that it's not the dead you've got to worry about; it's the infected." No, yeah. no, yeah, mm. yeah, very good point. But also, yes. all these films always there's not enough people throwing up for the stench of dead bodies because yes, you'd be like like especially when they go into a room and then they go, "Oh, there's a dead body in it." You know, like, you would yeah. smell that for fucking miles. Well, they do yeah. when they go and see Jim's parents. They do. Oh, yeah, oh that, god, that was, that was the most effective part of it mm. for me. Yes, and we'll get that. I we'll remember get when um, yeah. in our yard when I lived on Elm Street in Cardiff, um, there was a piece of salmon under. Um, <laughs> under a piece of stone that had gone rotten in the yard. And the smell from a tiny piece of salmon went on for weeks and we couldn't find it. And we were putting bleach everywhere. So if there's dead bodies everywhere, it would absolutely just hum. Yeah, London would Um, yeah. So the church scene is very effective. And then he meets up with a guy that I think used to be in Emmerdale (laughs) and um, uh, Money Miss Moneypenny. Mm. And... They are introduced to him, and they're they're just like annoying knobs, something. <laughs> they it's don't show him any kind of like compassion, kindness, or <laughs> compassion. He's just woken up like after a month or something, um, and <laughs> his whole world's changed. And they're just like get in the shop and eat some Maltesers. And I, I, <laughs> a couple of quick things. I think number one, it's interesting that they introduce those guys, and you think that one of them, this is going to be your mm. triumvir as it were. Mm. They do do a very good job of making you think that Naomi yes. Harris and the other guy are going to be the other two main characters. Yes. Mm. So when he's killed off, that's quite surprising. That's it, like, that's you know, very like Psycho, like Janet Lee in Psycho. Mm. Yeah, it works. What happened to him after that, Cleves? Because I'm sure he was in Emmerdale for a bit. Do we know oh, what his fuck, name yeah, was? Let me have a look. All right. oh, and so, what, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes, he was in, he was in um, Emmerdale. Emmerdale. He was Luke McAllister yeah. in, in Emmerdale. He was also the older Peter in the Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, Witch of the Wardrobe. Oh. He was in Hall, he was in Holby for 39 episodes. 
Oh no way! Right, oh, okay. yeah. So I've never just... seen. I don't, didn't watch that. So he's done more things, but yeah, some just stuff, stuff I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. So while um, I should just point out a couple of other things from my my notes at the time is that first of all, when he's uh, so he's running away from the zombie hordes when he's saved by Naomi Harris and the guy from Emmerdale, uh, and what he's running away from, I noticed there was a, a poster up in the background for Spearmint Rhino. Oh yeah, which aged. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> Spearmint Rhino was of the time. That's no more. <laughs> That's uh, that that's that's gone. Uh, also, as well, when he came out of the hospital, when he was coming out of the hospital, lovely tango machine. Yeah, yes. Oh, that 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 made me very nostalgic. I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. It's definitely still going. A Pepsi sponsored film. It absolutely yes. was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, um, definitely. There's a few monologues that are a bit like feel a bit shoehorned in. Mm. That are a bit that are basically about like how fragile society is. Yes, um, and that very always- Alex Garland. Yes, it always gives me the wheelies, and mm. but I thought in this film it was particularly preachy, mm. and, and maybe it was down to the acting, which is quite yeah. iffy in places. It was, yeah, especially yeah. the yeah, young yeah, girl, yeah. which we see later on. Oh, oh yeah, she's young, absolutely yeah, she terrible, isn't mm. she? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um, there's a bit where they go to his house and they look for his parents, that's and that's next. very affecting, isn't yeah, it? That yeah, was, that, that was horrible. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So they hide down in the now very cinematic Canary Wharf tube, which. Mm. Hey, fellow Star Wars fans. Yep. That's also the location they use, that the aforementioned Gareth Edwards used for the inside of the Scarif base in Rogue One. Yep. Oh, no way. And you can read, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, any film fans, Canary Wharf Tube is where it's at these days. <laughs> so we find out that they're hiding out in Canary Wharf Tube and we get, uh, Killian Murphy gets filled in. As John was just saying, there's a couple of monologues. One explains what's happened over the last yeah. month. The yeah, other yeah. one, the guy from Emmerdale, basically says to him, you know, we try to get out of the country and, t- you know, tells this quite sort of terrifying. Oh, yes, yeah, tells the bit. Yeah, yeah uh, as to how he like, lost his family and the whole, I didn't know who, who the infected were and who was just yes. fighting to survive. Yeah, but he, he's um, talking about, like, he realised the ground was soft and he realised he was walking on people. people. I yeah. thought that was, yes. that yeah. was very that effective. Was, and they then say to him, look, if you, and he says, look, I have to go and try and find my parents. And they just say, look, forget it. Uh, and they say, look, anyone, and I thought the line that was quite good was he says, anyone who goes doesn't come back. And, you know, if you, if you get caught, you're done for. So I thought yes. that was all pretty good. But he says he's absolutely uh, sort of hell bent, and they agree that they're going to go with him. He goes to, once again, one of the touchstones of this podcast. Uh, last scene on uh, Quatermass, the, the Quatermass, um, the one experiment. when he comes back from space. Yeah, Quatermass, Quatermass experiment. Deptford! Right. Deptford! That, that Jim's parents live in Deptford! Way! Yes. South London for the win! So, we turn the up, Deptford and as John podcast. says, yeah, the, w- when he turns up, we find out that, said, a very affecting scene, we find out that Jim's parents have committed suicide. Um, they say to him, look, at least they went out calmly, nicely. Yes. You know, they, they've not been torn apart or, you know, or anything like this. Yeah, Jim yeah, is, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. kind of leave him a note saying, "You were asleep. We, you know, please don't wake up. Yeah, yeah, please, please don't yes. wake up. The world's gone, yeah. world's gone to shit." Mm. Um, and, and you then, see a bit of where the money's spent there, don't you? Because there's yes. two quite good dead yes. corpse models. Mm. Mm. Absolutely, they're not they're not actors looking dead. They're they're no. kind of I mm. don't know what you call them mannequins or or mm. life figures. Dummies. So that's where because I did think eight million pounds for this film, like. Where did they spend the money? Until, until you get to the bit with Christopher Eccleston, and it doesn't look very expensive, does no, it? No, not at all. Yeah, I, I, just mean, think, I, one, think, I think money just goes really quickly when you're making a film. It yeah. does, but it's one man wandering around 
you know, it's not like 300, 100 extras or 100 no. wildebeests, uh, you know, majestically across the plane, is it? No. Um, mm. So that's very effective, and that's a very good scene, and that's a well-written scene in... I think with any film like this, you can expect to see a few scenes like that where they kind of write themselves and they're very effective because everyone can identify with that sentiment. Um, unfortunately, I think this film runs out of those yeah, I think, bits quite quickly. Well, we'll get to it, but as soon as they get to the soldiers, that's it, it changes what the film <laughs> ah, is to me. It's yes. just a load of shit. Yeah, but I've, I've oh. had a dream before. <laughs> I, I've had a dream before where something, something bad's happened. I don't know what it is, but I'm away from the family. Mm. And it's one of those mm. things, like, do I stay where I am so that they know mm. where I am and they come to me? Or do I mm. go to them? And it, it's that whole kind of like, I can't, you, you can't, yeah, that's, that's also, if, if, will I try and get to my parents or do I say, or you say, yes. I think it was something like the, the communications all went down. Everyone's phone stopped working. What do I do? At yes. that point? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. My dreams like that are either floods. I look out of a window and I see an oncoming flood, which is horrific and just horrible or mushroom clouds because I'm an eighties oh. child. Yeah. <laughs> I had a mushroom cloud dream literally about two nights ago. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, I'd like, it's 2024. Threads and T2 has done that too. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Horrendous. So, um, uh, there's a bit where they're asleep then in that, in that house. Mm. Mm. And I've, I've written, I wouldn't go to sleep ever. (laughs) (laughs) I want to sleep in the house which stinks of my, Putrefying yeah, parents. parents. Yeah. And then he's wandering around and we see like a projection or something. But is it memories? It's that memories. Or, I, put, oh, I, put, right. I felt that was totally unnecessary, yeah. that bit. Uh, thinking that. Yeah. yeah, but you don't yeah. need to say, okay, you need to know what it's like to have a parent so, yeah. so you can know. <laughs> it's like, so you can feel that his, his yeah. loss. No, yeah. yeah, you get it, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. And, and, so I, what- and, and at that point, you're just thinking, because they're saying there's no power, there's no nothing. But then it looks like he's like knocked on the VCR or something, or like the Super 8 projector. And it's like, that doesn't really work very well. Um, and I watched it a couple of times thinking, have I missed something? Or yeah. But he does, have, he does have a light out there, doesn't he? I think that's what, is that what attracts the other uh, neighbours? Well, well, what we, weirdly enough, later on we find out, and they say on the commentary, it's sound. All right. Yeah, okay. and it's supposed to be that apparently uh, they, right. they hear sounds and it sounds that they respond to. Oh, okay. Quite Ross. Right. Quite right. Quite yeah. right, Ross. That it, it does seem to be like in this case, because as I said, yes. he's sort of snapped out of his reverie by the two of the neighbors. One comes through the back window, which is fine. And the other one comes down through like the skylight. And it's like, yes. What? <laughs> Why would they it's, climb up on the roof? It's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 yeah they just that's... both run in. One of them wouldn't think. I'm going to climb up there and jump through a skylight. <laughs> At the exact same time. <laughs> but we did a yeah, big jump yeah, yeah, yeah. Like from his own garden <laughs> and like go through that. But then, yeah. So the, that's, someone gets that's quite bit, a good jump like, scare, isn't it? Yeah. And then the, the guy from Emmerdale has a wound in his arm. Yes. And he's like, oh my God, don't do it. And then um, Miss Moneypenny hacks him to death. With a massive machete. Mm, uh, yeah. And you're now. like, oh, this is like, this is quite a good kind of... Um, but if you can get infected by uh, the smallest drop of blood going well, in your heart, here we go. Yeah, here yeah, we yeah, go. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. You wouldn't as have a hacking turns, weapon, would you? No. As we see later in the film, you can get infected by one drop of blood going in blood. your eye. So at this point, they're covered in blood, aren't they? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. All, all in their now, mouths. There's, and there's, there's quite two, a few sequences where there's just blood all over yes, them. Yes. Exactly, John. There's two things at play here. Number one is that it's quite clear that they never really thought out the rules. 
no. for how infection was going to work at yes. all. Yes. And to that end, it's then all over the show for the rest yeah, of yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. film. As you said, one drop does for blend- for poor old Brendan Gleeson. Yes. But then, as John says, all the way through the rest of the film, there's points when people, there's blood splatter everywhere. everywhere where yeah. soldiers you, are blowing up pe- people. Exactly. of body are just falling all over them. And they're yeah. all laughing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, guys, you've been covered in... Yeah, but now we've gone through the pandemic, we'd all have our face masks on, wouldn't we? Yeah, we'd all have our gloves on. She yeah. says at that point, have you been bitten? Which is more zombie kind of mm. lore, yes. isn't it? But I do think that this bit is silly. If you've seen the film already, which we all obviously have, because yeah. you're just like, for fuck's sake, later on, like, yeah. th- it's nonsensical. So anyway, we lose one of our leads yes. in the in the kind of psycho fashion of Janet Lee mm. is, is gone in the yep. first reel. So that's a bit of a surprise. And then, um, and the next shot then really reminds me of With Nell and I. Because <laughs> it's kind of like a London skyline, which is like Trellick Tower or something. Mm. And I was like, oh, it's like, it, it's a bit like the bit where they drive in the Mark II Jag to um, the cottage. And, Scrubbers! Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, I just think um, accident black spot. <laughs> accident. These aren't accidents. They're throwing themselves, themselves into the um, road. <laughs> Throw yourself into the road, darling. Um, so at this point, I've said, why don't they just travel in a car? Mm-hmm. They're walking through all these different bits of London. Railway lines like, and stuff. Why would you walk somewhere when you know all these fucking loonies are around that are just going to mm. run out at any yeah. point? And those lines might still be electrified. So don't get, don't walk on the railway lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then do they see, is this the bit then when they, they see, see the, the light in the, the tower? Yeah, I see the lights in the mm. tower, yeah. So I have read something, and I can't remember what it is, but that is lifted from something else where it, it might be not a book I read in school where um, all old people die. Oh, Empty and, and World? Only, Was it Empty World by I, John Christopher? I mm. can't remember. And two kids go to a tower like that, and they find out it's a recording and the person that was either flashing the light or doing the recording is already dead. And oh. that's it. And that's a very, there's always a trope like that in these films, isn't there? Where, where you finally get to the place when you get there, the person is already dead. And that's very much like survivors, termination survivors are all, you know, mm. so they get to um, this tower and then Brendan Gleeson's there with his awful accent and his terrible daughter. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait! A couple, a couple of things before we just get get to that. that so yeah. they're, they're in the tower and they are pursued by yes. the zombies, even though they're not zombies mm. or the infected, whatever you want to say. And, and the Brendan, lift is broken as usual, of course. Brendan Gleeson does a really good job. You know, he has thought this all. Through. Yes. he's wearing full riot gear, a riot shield. Yes, which you never see again, such as that. No, but I did point that, like, as they're running up the stairs. It's yeah. I'm sorry, Danny Boyle. It's dreadfully shot. Oh yeah, this you is, can't yeah. see what the. The it's whole film on. is dreadfully no. shot. It's uh, yeah. and it's just how we shoot stuff. I was, when I watched um, Slumdog Millionaire, it's just yeah. handheld. It's all handheld. It's all like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all Dutch shot from, from Dutch angles from the floor, looking up. Yeah. Um, when yeah. people move, the camera moves with them, and it's just yeah. It, mm. I, I know it's trying to get this. It's a, trying to get a bit of um Dyn- dynamism. The, yeah, kinetic energy going on there. But there's yeah, points yeah, in it yeah. when you're like, I don't even know what you're put, you're showing me at this point. No. That this and it's. And it makes me feel like when we tried to make a short film as art students, we'd try and put the camera in the weirdest place we possibly could the whole time. Yeah. And it's just like, just just shoot it. Yeah, I know we were talking the other day about like 
having boring camera setups nowadays uh, compared yes. to the 70s, but we still need to see what's actually happening. Yes. Uh, you know, otherwise, what's the point of, of, of setting it up? Mm. Because I've yes. Yeah. That bit, that bit doesn't make any sense at all until they get to the top of the stairs. Brendan Gleeson is there with his riot shield. But also, and you think well, it, how many stairs, how many flights up do you reckon they went? I know. Loads. Considering as many as many as in Ghostbusters when they try and get to the top of Azul, the building. Yeah. Well, um, so he hasn't eaten anything for 28 minutes. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Apart from some Maltesers, and he managed to run at the top of those stairs. Yes. He does start to say that he's, he's getting knackered. Yeah. As well. Yes. You don't, they do, but it's, anyway. Um, I, this should really be the end of the film because they should go into that flat and be like, okay, we're just going to stay here yeah. because these guys, these people are nice. We can go yes. and get food. But I think they kind of imply there's no water. and That yes. is the, the big thing. And yes. uh, so, they, so we can get through this bit or this bit pretty speedily. Mm. In short, so we meet Brendan Gleeson and his daughter. The mother is dead. They, they, yes. they are the only survivors left in this block of flats. Yeah. And as we've seen, there has been, even though it's rainy old England, there hasn't been any rain for like 15 days or uh, something like yeah. that. And the, the pretty good shot, isn't it, of all the buckets yes. on the roof? That's an iconic that shot, good. but yeah. a block of flats like that would have a massive water tank in yes. it somewhere. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it would be, it, yeah, but it would be gravity fed. Mm-hmm. It would mm-hmm. be at the top of the building, I'm sure. You'd turn on the tap and then you'd just boil the water somehow. Yeah, you? also yeah. there's Peckham Spring nearby, isn't there? <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's not like London is lacking in water. Mm. <laughs> they 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 then also hear that there is this recurring radio. Oh yes, he's got a wind up radio, said, isn't he? Yeah. Saying Trevor Bayliss. Trevor Bayliss <laughs> saying that there is a cure or salvation is here, mm. and it's like it's close to Manchester, and they decide, look, well, we've got to go for it. Yeah. yeah. So they decide collectively that, that they're going to go for it. <laughs> they get through the, the Blackwall Tunnel makes an appearance, London fans. Yeah. Um, it might, they get that was a, that's a much the... bigger sequence in my mind. My memory yes. of that was yeah. much more scary and intense. That could have been a really good sequence mm. and it's not as good as it could be. And when they cut away from it at the end, you can tell that the people running after them are yeah. just... Um, extras who are knackered at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. just I like that cut, cut. Well. And because how, they and all they just, just start stop ambling, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah. ramble along." Yeah. How, how did he? How did he drive a, a London taxi cab over the top of other cars? It's really with, no, with no ramp. Yeah, you you, Look, you just want this to do it, twice you? in this movie. A London taxi yeah. cab has supernatural powers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but yeah. So, so they get through that. They then get the first uh, um, salute to the Romero zombie movies because they go and stock up in a supermarket, and that's uh, that's Dawn of the Dead. What's the music? Where all the lights are on? Yeah, who's that? Yeah, yeah. But I have written in that point. Why are all the lights on in the supermarket? It's fully lit. Mm. And supermarkets without lights on are, re- are probably really dark places because they've only got windows at one end usually, yeah. haven't they? That reminds me of a computer game where I had to go into a supermarket in the dark. <laughs> uh, I can't remember which one it was. And it wasn't the Jimmy Savile supermarket computer game. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Some, have, you, have you had a stroke? <laughs> Someone asked Jimmy to fix it Savile. from design a computer game and they made a Jimmy Savile computer game for the Spectrum where it was Jimmy Savile doing a... A um a like a Super trolley trolley sweet. dash yeah wow and it's got a picture of him on the front like pushing the trolley <laughs> this this that, feels like this is a fever dream Ross okay. I don't think this really <laughs> yeah that would be in the show notes <laughs> yeah list, dear listener I I've put at this point why did they pick a, ta- a, a knackered old taxi why did he's they a taxi just pick a nice uh right but the, you could have just picked 
a any nice, car. Yeah. solid car, not something that sounded like it was going to break down at any mm. minute. Um, there's infection dialogue. So basically they, they get to, a, they do a couple of things, don't they, where they, they're character building. They go to the supermarket. Then they park up by some ruins somewhere and they have a bit of character building. And then they basically end up at the roadblock, which is meant to be on the M6 somewhere. Um, and um, they get out and they have a wander around. And then Brendan Gleeson is annoyed because there's no one there. Mm. And then he kicks a door or something. And then, as is aforementioned, he gets a drip of blood Single in his dry. And he goes loopy and he's got the rage. And he's like, ah, get away from me. And then, um, and then some soldiers shoot him. And then soldiers pop up and shoot him. And you're like, oh, okay. And this is where the film loses its... At this moment, you you guys may be interested to hear that on the, the, the DVD, they mm. said that this isn't, from that point on, from Brendan Gleeson getting infected onwards, that is yeah. not the original script. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. And I will very happily now provide you with uh, the pacey <laughs> of, of what happens. Please do, James. Kill... Thank you. There's no, no soldiers in it whatsoever. Oh, that's that's a second draft later edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson gets infected. Jim yeah. can't kill him and refuses to kill him. They manage yeah. to subdue him and put a bag over his head, <coughs> and and like and he's sort of riding yeah. around. They say, look, they they must have been protecting whatever the secret was, whatever the cure was. It must be here, and they're at the the animal lab from the opening sequence. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. They go in there and they have a look around. Oh, chaos, all the rest David of it. David Schneider's there. David Schneider's there. And they decide that they're going to hole up there. Later on yeah. that evening, they hear some movement about and they go down into the basement only to find that there is a scientist still alive behind a yeah. locked door. And this guy says, like, don't even tell me your names. Everyone. And they're like, where are the soldiers? And he's like, they're all dead. They're dead. Everyone's dead. You're going to be dead soon. They're like, and he's like, I haven't got any food to share with you and, you know, just get away from me. And they're like, we've got food. We don't, you know, we, we want to help. We want to help. Sounds like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and his whole thing is, you know, he's just locked away and yeah, he's yeah. just like, I'm, I'm just going to sit here and read my book, he says. And, th- and then Jim, just <laughs> the, the other two carry on. And we see that Miss Moneypenny is like doing rifle practice and getting really, really good with a sniper rifle. Yeah. And it, then intercuts with Jim talking to him through the door, basically saying, look, if you don't, if you like it or not, I'm going to tell you all about my life. And then apparently it was like intercuts of him going. And then when I was at school and then, oh, then my first girlfriend, things such as that. Yeah. The scientist buckles and then says, look, I will tell you what the cure is or what the salvation is, but it's difficult. It's problematic. You can do a full, you can cure a person if you give them a full blood transfusion. No. That's how that's how you can get the, the disease out of them. They then get mm. start. They start to get attacked by various zombies, and they say like on the, the like the storyboards. Oh, they, they, you know that's what, like the zombie attack. And they, so there was a sequence of fending off the zombie attack. They then find um, when they wake up in the morning, they find out that the scientist has come out and left them loads of transfusion gear. Uh, or there's a sequence where he comes out and leaves it in the middle of the night and basically says, "Good luck." If you want to do it, I think the scientist is played by uh, Peter Capaldi. Very Mm. possibly. (laughs) Like in World War Z. Exactly. Yeah. And then they, Jim says, do it. We find out that he's got compatible blood with Brendan Gleeson. And he says, do the transfusion, do it. 
um, as more zombies are attacking them. Mm. They do the transfusion. Success. Brendan Gleeson is cured. And the film ends with the scientist opening the door to Brendan Gleeson, the daughter, and Miss Moneypenny, Naomi Harris. Mm. They then, he then locks the door, and the final shot of the film is Jim, now with the infected blood, watching all the, the news uh, on TV going, ah, so yeah. we've come full circle. Much better. That's much yeah. better. There, there, yeah. there you go, everybody. Yeah. But then, do you know what they said the problem was? They said, oh, shit. The, the whole tra- and as we were just talking about earlier with the blood splatter thing, they were like, a full, full blood transfusion? It's like if, if you've established that one drop of blood can turn someone, mm. you would literally have to hollow a person out. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So they totally painted themselves into a well, corner. You could have just like, completely not- diluted it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. But yeah. still, you can see yeah, how they were like, yeah, shit, yeah, this yeah. doesn't work. Mm. So then mm. the bringing the army, and you guys, I, I think you guys have already said it, that for me is what then watching it again now, all these years later, is what doesn't work. It yeah. feels like you've got this quite well worked out first two thirds of a film. Works and then really this well. Final third just feels like yeah. we've got to do something at it the end. It does feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. it does feel like if this was a TV series, there would just be an episode where they meet the soldiers. Yes. Yeah. They would go through all that, kill the soldiers, and they'd move on or yes. get away yeah. from the soldiers. Or like the yeah. soldiers would be like a recurring enemy which would keep coming back. Yes. Um, mm. It's um you uh, straight away, I just question: Are they even real? Are, are they even meant to be real soldiers? That's the last people. If, if, um, I, I, if I was in a situation where this was happening, the last people I would be hanging around with would be a load of young men, well, especially if I had, two, had my daughters with me. Or, do you know what? That is the one exactly, good thing yeah. about it: is that the the yeah. dinner party scene in inverted commas, which uh, Danny Boyle says he was inspired by Apocalypse Now when they get, when they find that sort of French. Not the end of that, Carry On Up the Kyber. Maybe that too. <laughs> But there, there is a really weird vibe. And when mm. you're watching it, you're like, you would just want to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. I thought, oh, he does do a good job of making it like all these people are arseholes. Yes. You don't want to be near any of them. And it doesn't, they're all just In nasty. some ways, yes. But it's such a chasmic, if that's a word, mm. chas- chasmic change from the rest of the film in tone and feel. You also now see where they spent some of the money, but also it still looks really flimsy because there's only about nine soldiers. <laughs> yes. It, and it and so it just looks like they're in this house. It's not lit very well. Mm. And the lightning at the end just looks like someone's flashing a light through a window at them. Mm. And it just starts to become really unconvincing. Mm. Um, Christopher, Eccleston, Christopher Eccleston is introduced. His accent is terrible. I don't, do you think it's because we know what he sounds like? That, yes. Yes. Just, yeah, because I was but he's like, also not convincing in a, in a posh voice. It's just He just doesn't come across convincing at all. And then... Um, he does he, is, said, he does come across as a, an absolute creep. And when he's like touching their yes. heads and stuff. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. you'd be like, I'm not staying here. I wouldn't assume. Yeah. No. So I said, the army bit is bunk, expensive, but shit. And that really, for me, sums it up. The mo- and, and what it becomes at this point is the monster is us kind of nonsense. Correct. Nonsense, which Correct. always annoys me in films like this because that I think that's quite mm. lazy now that it's like, mm. oh, there's nothing Ooh. worse than human nature. Who's and, got um, rage, really? Yeah, you're uh, running away from the monsters, but then the monsters are actually us. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, they absolutely. don't really make it very clear at this point. If there's any kind of army structure there, if they're actually even real soldiers, mm. if they're just people dressed up as, you know, mm. it's just, and there's potentially something more interesting in mm. that. 
but they don't go there because we're already like two thirds of the way through the film, aren't we? Yep. Then mm. there's a bit where um, Killian Murphy's taken off to be killed with yes, an, with he with refused a, to join in with their plot because you find out that there is no cure in this no. version of the story that he's just trying to attract women there yes. for the men because he says to rebuild society. Yes. Of course, there's horrible rapey overtones to it all. There is, but all this is also really unconvincing. Like literally four weeks after society is broken down. Uh, <laughs> and also they wait around for ages to do it. It's like, well, if you're going to do it, yeah, just do it now. You don't need to, it's a case of like, why, what are they waiting for? I'm not yes. like I want them to do it, but it's just a no. case of mm. like, it's just, it's just this whole, whole you know, like they brought women here here to, in order to have sex with them, but then I go, okay, now you need to get dressed up. Now you need to just, now you need to wait till this person comes back and it's like, right. Yeah, it's it's a horrible threat, but I think it's just really badly thought through. And then mm. there's a the bit where, so you, Killian Murphy and another soldier man is taken off the to nice this place. One. Yeah, yeah. The nice one, where all the, um, but there's loads of dead bodies That's, there yeah, already. It's where they've been clearing the bodies off the ground, where they've been, mm. was, they've got that thing where they, right. they shoot I them and blow them up. I thought that that was people that they had already killed and they put Maybe there. some of that too. So I, so I, at this point, I was just like, I have no idea what's going on. So uh, the other nice soldier man is shot by accident. Killian Murphy runs off. He sees a plane. Thus establishing that the world has not ended. And then, and then from there on, I think the film goes really quite, Yes, I've got to say that I'd, <laughs> I'd written the script before I watched it, and when I saw that plane flying over, then I was like, "They spent that money on that!" Like, just, <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> um, a seven-three-seven going to Lanzarote or something. Yes, Danny Dan um, Boyle in the film just says he just filmed it in his back garden, Ross. Just <laughs> shot one going over. over so then, at that point, it becomes a bit like Predator, where yeah. Killian Murphy strips off and becomes like. A killing machine. Arnie, yeah. Yes. But is it, so, so, so are you meant to think he might be infected at this point? Because at the end, yeah. it's almost like it's meant to be like a, a reveal that he is, he's not been infected. No, or okay. is it a fact that the characters in the film think he might be infected? It would have been, it would have been more effective if you, if you did think he was infected, mm. but at no point did I think he was infected. Right. So I wasn't sure so, how, I think, what I was meant to think. No. And it, it just, it, yeah, it's, it's just not very, it's just not put across very But he has managed to take out apparent, supposedly like five or six fully trained, trained soldiers. Yes. Yeah. With, with weapons I'm, and he's got nothing. Yes. Right. And I've he's a, a bicycle of, courier from, uh, from Deptford. From Deptford. I've got a couple of things here. First of all, the sergeant who they kill off, again, as Ross was saying, like if, if this was a TV series, he would be, it's, it's like, number one, he's too nice to be with those guys. And they kind of yeah. rush that through very quickly. But also he gets two of the, the best kind of Alex Garlandy bits which yeah. is number one, he is the guy that suggests, look, we've been quarantined. That's what they've done to us. We're, yeah, we're the yeah, quarantine yeah, yeah. island. And it's like, oh, that's a really interesting idea. And then later yeah. on, he, when Eccleston goes, we'll get everything back to normal. And he goes, maybe this is normal. That yes. human beings have only been around for a little while. And us being wiped out, that's nature resetting. We go back. Well, and yes. that's a great idea. But again, it's like, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. that idea's done now. Yeah. So the yeah. two best ideas for me, he gets them, the nice soldier, he gets them both. They're disposed with really, really quickly. And then they yes. go, he must be killed. <laughs> yeah. Because he's too nice. I was like, oh, that And I miss really... both of those bits, James, because yeah. I fast forward all of that exposition. Because <laughs> ah, okay. the dialogue in this film, there's something about it that means it's, it comes across as really quite stilted and quite dry and mm. boring. Yeah, it just, it, um, it feels like people acting. 
It just, it, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it, yeah. And I think that's what Simon might have meant by um, when we came out of the cinema back in 2002. He could have stayed in and watched Casualty. There are aspects of this where you do think of the acting is on a, a bit soapy and a bit stilted. Mm, mm-hmm. The daughter of Brendan Gleeson particularly is is hopeless. Mm, yeah. Um, a lot of the so- soldiers are hopeless. Mm. Uh, their Cockney accents are just like Dick Van Dyke kind of identical. Like, why are all soldiers um, from London? Yeah. Uh, or Cockney kind of, yeah, what the fuck are you going to do now, mate? And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's terrible. Yeah. And yes, as, um, and then John, as you said, what doesn't really chime is number one, they're, they're yeah. going for the whole, oh, Killian Murphy, oh, is he infected? And oh, look, is he as bad as mm. those people? But also, as you mm. said, he is someone who's a bike courier. And yes, you can say, look, when people are under duress and he really wants to save Naomi Harris and the girl, but what mm. he does is just bonkers. He's never fired yes. a weapon before in his life. No, no, no. And he storms no, back he in, grabs a yeah. rifle and fires like really precise bullets yeah. to let the one zombie off the, the chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off thought, the chain. That's the worst plan. Yes. Naomi you, Harris yeah. and the girl are still in the house. Yeah. They'll be fine. Yeah. Them all infected. They'll yeah. be fine. It's just not a, it's not a plan at all. And then it? as the zombie is like running through and taking out the other soldiers, it keeps cutting to Killian Murphy, like looking in, going like yeah. <laughs> he's really pleased. He's like, Yes. Yes, it's, and that's none really of it makes any sense at all. And I thought um, that was very, very strange. And then the really horrible soldier—he obviously gets his comeuppance last before yes. this represent, and he has his eyes put put in. Oh yeah, that was which good. Is nasty. Yeah. Which yeah, is, yeah, and again the whole is like, oh, has he gone ragey? Was it just human humanity's anger? For and me, then, that scene is totally at at odds to the entire rest of the film. Because it's so needlessly gruesome and horrible. Because then he gets up, she realizes that he's fine, and then they have a big snog. And yeah. it's like again, kissing all the blood all over his oh, face. Oh, yeah. and they're, co- they're yeah. covered yeah. in blood. Yeah. And it's like, would you kiss someone who's just gouged someone's eyes out? Yeah, they might be a twat, but yeah. you've just watched someone be killed by having their thumbs put through their eyes. eyes. Yeah. Uh, do you find Got that erotic? Horny. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was just like, this is fucking that mental. Was, and bearing in mind, that's the whole build-up. We haven't mentioned it so far, but earlier, Naomi yeah. Harris had gone, you know, I'm a survivor, and that's how I've that's yeah, how yeah. I kept going. And I, if I see someone and I think they've turned, I won't hesitate for a second to kill them. But she, and the whole point yes. is, is <gasps> she does hesitate for a second. That's mm. proving that, oh, you know, maybe she loves Killian Murphy and all the rest of it. But yeah, watching it again, like Reader, at the time in the I cinema, when him. I was a younger... Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Bronte... To zombie <laughs> interface. Like, watching it as a more callow youth, I remember like, oh, but now watching it, I was like, oh, it's really contrived. Yeah. It's, hor- it's horrible. It's and just h- how they kill Chris Rickardson is, is awesome. Like, the girl managed, she, she, the girl reverses the reverses taxi, the taxi into a bit, yeah. which just, just so happens the zombie is standing there, smashes yeah. the window, pulls him out through the back, but you don't yeah. see him kill just in case you want to bring him back for. Like oh, is that true? A, a, later, a later film and stuff like that. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think they thought about it. But I did. I found it a bit like. Mm, I think she could have just. I don't know what, but yeah. but still, yeah. you know, having established again earlier that she could drive the taxi. Mm. That yes. was that. You know, that was like the Chekhov's gun. There wasn't. Yeah. It? Um, yes. And then, yeah, as previously mentioned, they then break out from the military base. The original cut of the film. He gets shot there. He gets shot, but then we get this nice, uh, or you know, kind of echo of the start where mm. he then wakes up. 28 mm. days later and you know, they're up in in scotland yeah and we get the quite famous now i said we were talking about it at the start shot on film 
they flag down the plane, thus suggesting that yes, society has survived. And yes, no and that the the soldier was right. We have just been quarantined as an island, and rescue is coming. Yeah. Well, I think the the implication is that they just wait for all the mad people to starve to death. Isn't yeah. It? Yes. Well, see you see that, that on the road, don't you? Yeah, see, yeah, 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 yeah. But. There are inherent problems with that, but it's also quite nice stylistically that you do notice the jump to film, which yes. kind of makes a stylistic difference between the point where everyone's infected to the point where people aren't infected anymore. But mm. then, as we've said, it's you see the word hell written on the floor. Oh, which, le- which, yeah, yeah, which later on turns to hello. But as Cleaver and, and I have written, and maybe James as well. Wouldn't you just write help? Or SOS. Or SOS. SOS would be the or, or just like, like a big X. A big X, yeah. You wouldn't necessarily Anything. write up, you know, hell as a as a thing, you know, works well in the film. I think that that would have worked really well as a kind of prologue where you just see hell mm-hmm. and mm. that scene yeah. kind of, and then, and you, then, you, then, and you, then come you have back a flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would have worked a lot better than David Schneider um it, yeah what That's, a weird film one of the things you said john is that mm. uh it's not as scary as you remember and I, I was the same i can remember thinking like this is a scary film well i, I just m- remember I, the tunnel being I, scary and yeah because there's no jumps because oh, the little seen the kid jumps we didn't talk before. about it the little kid the, jumping the, the, the out the kid that, scene that, that, scared, that was good that, that scared the shit because it was That's silent good. it was silent when he came yes. up yes that was good i mean mm. that there are scary points in it, and I do think it's probably the scariest film that we've watched for the right. podcast because a lot of the stuff was made in 1972 <laughs> and is like a lovely cuddle from old friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even something like Deathline, which in itself is, is a really macabre and, and grotesque film, because it's nostalgic, it's, it, it's kind of It's nostalgic spade through someone's head. Yeah, it's like broom, but, broom, broom. Yeah. Whereas this film, there is something unremittingly grim about it, and mm. I, I, when it finished, I felt really depressed and just like, mm. oh, because it is like, even though it's finished on a kind of high note, you just think, fuck, that is That's, a miserable film. Well, That's it. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, John, because on the commentary, Danny Boyle yeah. says, "Oh, people said the ending because you know Jim was supposed to die originally." Mm. Oh, mm. did Hollywood, once Hollywood picked it up, did Hollywood lean on you? Did the studios lean on you to give it a happier ending? And he mm. just said, no. And he says, to be perfectly honest, when I watched it cut and all put together, I thought this yeah. is a really dark and draining film and people need yeah. something upbeat at the end. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. and I think yeah. you're, so you saying, oh, but God, I don't I think, really I don't think even yeah. that ending is very upbeat because it's just like, they make you it, don't see it. normality return, do you? You mm. just see like, and also, yeah. I think I think that we've gone through, like we said, a lot of stuff which this film sort yes. of skirts around, and yeah, and it actually makes it a little comes a little bit closer to home, maybe. Well, yeah, you don't run, a, you know, we haven't been running away from screaming abdabs, but I, I Helen, and I went for a walk yesterday, and we went up to on the hill behind the house, and I re- and I recalled in lockdown when I was up there on my own, and I looked across, and I could see four people who'd obviously come out of their house to meet in mm. the depths of lockdown. And it was four people stood really far apart, all with masks on. Mm. And I did remember that point of lockdown and the start of COVID when everyone was like, no one knew what the fuck was happening. Mm. And I was washed. I was like disinfectant, mm. disinfecting shopping yeah. from co-op. Yeah. Like washing packs of bacon in fucking bleach and stuff because we were like no one knew how it was transmitted yeah. at that. I point. can remember like going into town and like 
outside the um the bank there were chairs four mm, meters yeah. apart down the road so to, yeah. in order to go that you'd have to sit on this chair and then you'd have to disinfect it after you sat on it yeah and it was it just felt like this I was thinking similar so thing in weird. b&q yeah and really I, I just remember how weird it was that we all had to queue to go into supermarkets and they'd only let so yeah. many of you in there at a time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember the day we were allowed now. to go to B&Q, I drove to the one in Paul just because I wanted to go for a drive. Yeah. And there were yeah. some people on motorbikes just going like 150 miles an hour just down the dual carriage road. Just yeah. boom, 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 boom. So there was no cars there. And yeah. then police yeah. cars like coming down and just chasing them off. But it was just <laughs> no me. No way! Just me, motorbikes like and a police car. Yeah, it, no it was. Way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Well, so what are you going to give it, guys? Oh. I've James, given it a two. I, I gave mm. it a two because even though I realised, you know, what, what what's the last one we watched called? Oh, it was um uh, the night something or other, wasn't it? Only the night. Only, Only the, the night. night. The yeah. I gave it better when I gave that three because of its curio factor. And I do just feel that like oh, people will be really, really familiar with 28 Days Later. Mm. And I do feel mm. that, number one, I said it's not very well shot. Not yeah. all shooting it on video thing has aged it massively and yeah, yeah. You know, ugh. and i do feel like Jump. things I, like walking I, dead this feels really yeah. light compared to that because like yeah it's like a, almost like a sketch of an idea exactly isn't it? yeah it's, it's kind of and mm. i think that's that's very much it and so but what i did enjoy because i'm a massive alex garland super fan it's nice to see kind of like the early stages i said even though john thinks it's a bit kind of clunky and expositiony and actory mm. i like seeing you can see like alex garden Garland starting to stretch his legs with some of the, the mm. philosophical ideas because you know he's team philosophy like me. Mm-hmm. So you only know, need to watch you know ex uh, ex machina for that. Um, but yeah, so there were bits that I enjoyed. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting idea, and yeah, that you know that still works, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. The iconic opening and things like that. Well, I say opening, not the David Schneider bit, the bit around London. That's still worth watching and what. But still, I was a bit like Meh, about it. I was like, I, mean, I can take it or leave it. So for me, it's a two. Brilliant. I, I gave it two as well. I just can't stand Danny Boyle's oh. weird no. framing of shots and and like frenet- frenetic cutting to stuff which yeah. I don't know what's happening. And yeah, it, it was on such a low grade digital camera, you're like, this is just grey brown shit, you know, basically. Mm. Yeah, I I think the opening sequences set you up for something which then it isn't ultimately isn't delivered. Um mm. I think the other things have done it better. So there's a Spanish film called Wreck. Mm, as yes. Recalled, love it. Love it. Which, which is really scary. And that is found footage and that's zombies. And that's set in a, a, a like a apartment building. Yeah. Wreck 2 yeah, is good as Bar- well. That's Barcelona, isn't it? Yeah. I think I've seen Wreck 2 as well. So that's very good. Um, this fits in with a British kind of pantheon, which is the Triffids and, and stuff like that. But, I think the first half is good, but then I think mm. the James, I think the film that James um, described earlier would have been a lot better than this mm. film because the bit with the soldiers just derails it, and you're just like, it goes nowhere. Then um, it's it's really it's a very strange film. I think the decision to you could reshoot this now on iPhones and, yeah. and make yeah. it found footage and stuff. Yeah. And you, it would be a lot more interesting and dynamic. I don't know why they shot it on video because it's not part of the narrative, is it? It's no. just like, this well, is, it's this cheap. Is, yes. just cheap. Well, yeah, I think it was cheap, but it obviously wasn't cheap because it cost 8 million pounds 
which is like when you look at the setup of the bit with the army, with the big house and all the fences and stuff, you can see where they spent the money, but you just think that doesn't add anything to the storyline. Mm. Um, if you've got good performers and a solid story, all you need, it, it doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter if it was shot on that um, shit quality then because you'd be engrossed, but you're not really engrossed at any point. Are you after, after they leave London, it just becomes like quite by numbers. I can remember mm. being great at the cinema. I really loved it at the cinema. Mind you, I th- yeah, yeah, I think on a big, I think on a big screen, it would probably. But I think watching it on a tiny little and, and also I think zombie films were old old hat back then. Whereas mm. this, like you said, this re-kick, rekindled mm. like the whole zombie genre, and we just see yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, of yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to watch a zombie film, watch One Cut of the Dead. It's really, really good. A Korean film. Um, I won't be watching that. You got to watch it, no, because you, you first, first, te- first time you first ten minutes, you think this is absolute shit. Why has anyone recommended yeah. this? But then the shitness of it is part of the film, and it's really, we were really going to watch something called Train to Busan, Busan. Busan yeah, yes. and then because it's because I saw things saying it was on Netflix, and then it wasn't on Netflix, so we haven't watched that. But I think it's difficult because for the start of it, it's like a two. Mm. Mm. But for this, for the last third, it's like oh. a minus fourteen. <laughs> one then. I think the last third is some of the worst dross that we've watched for this podcast. Because you said there were. Parts are you saying this is it. worse than the hell than Hellraiser, John? Yes. Wow. I think the bits <laughs> where they're in the dresses is, and yeah. there's someone I I can basically see because I've worked on a TV production, mm. and I think anyone that's worked on a TV production. You can just see the guy outside who's flashing the fucking light to make it look like lightning. Yeah, yeah and it yeah. just looks so shit. It looks like a really, it looks like an A level video for yeah. like your mates' band. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my um the first two thirds is a two, the last third is minus fourteen. So, what should I give it then? As an overall, minus what? twelve. Ugh. Fucking hell. <laughs> Minus 12. Is that your lowest scoring thing? As well? mm. Yeah, you gave that less than the rats. You gave the yeah. rats a minus 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, dear. Right, 100%. Okay. I probably enjoyed the rats more than this by the end of it, because... You uh, get American Werewolf minus 8. Oh. Uh, and you actually. gave Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires minus 9. <laughs> <laughs> that's got Peter Cushing in it, though. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So, yeah, this this is minus 12. To be honest, I think something like Dawn of the Dead does everything this film does, but much better. Yeah. And that's a, and that's a comedy yeah. because it sets up the scenes which are tragic and sad mm-hmm. in this comedic way. Mm-hmm. And you just, I, I mean, that also goes a bit, I think the scene at the end in the pub is a bit shit. Mm. But I, th- I, I think that film is probably more enjoyable than this film. Mm. For, I'd, like to watch, I'd like to watch 28 weeks weeks later now because I, I, I can yeah. only remember the, the Robert Carlyle running across the field, but I can't remember anything all, else about it. All I remember with um, Shaun of the Dead is they make a joke about the second coming, Stone Roses, which <laughs> is the far superior second album. And I just thought, wow, any any film that makes a joke about the Stone Roses second coming, I'm, I know where they're coming from because that is a superb album. Superb album. Uh, let's, let's leave it there, shall we? <laughs> Next what? time, next time, Cleves. We're doing a double bill of a, of Nigel Neal's Beasts. We're going to re- revisit Beasts. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we need to pick which two episodes we're going to watch. 
So these are the ones that we've got to pick between. Speci- Not the one with the fucking... Um, I want to do the dolphin one. Um, <laughs> flipper. No, we're not uh, having Flipper. So, okay, we've got to pick between special offer, misfit teenage checkout operator, has an unrelated crush on a Billy. supermarket manager. Yeah. At, no. the same, uh, at the same shop, cuddly cartoon mascot seems to have come alive and caused a havoc. That's got um, Pauline Quirk in it. It's terrible. During Barty's party, a suburban couple are held under siege by a pack of frighteningly intelligent rats. That's quite sinister. <laughs> We've got to watch that. You never see the rats, though. You Buddy boy, when a nightclub owner buys a derelict dolphinarium, he and a yeah. young woman seem to be haunted by the ghost of Buddy Boy, the star attraction. I want to watch that one. Mm. What big eyes. An RSPCA officer is horrified when he discovers a pet shop owner has been conducting experiments on a wolf searching for proof of lycanopathy. I can't even remember. The dummy, a washed up actor, has a nervous breakdown, believes he's really the movie monster that he's been hired to play. Mm. Do you know what? I, I've watched all of those and I can't remember half of them. Um yeah, read the. Give me the options again. <laughs> so it's special offer. It's Pauline Quirk and the Poltergeist. Really? Uh, Poltergeist no, not rat. that one. Not that one. Uh, during Barty's party, the the rats one. Yeah, Buddy I boy, like the, the dolphin one. What big eyes? RSPCA officer. Um, Who's in the RSPCA oh, one? I'm not sure. Oh Jesus! One of them's got Clive Swift in. We'll definitely okay. We'll go for the rats one, and we'll go for whatever Clive Swift. Okay, right. I think close through to the dummy one, the washed up actor, or the or okay. the friend, friend of the show, the Clive show Swift. Clive Swift. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Nice until next everyone. time. Happy day, everyone. Thanks for listening, as always. <laughs> Love, light, and peace. You have been listening to the General Witch Finders. <laughs> Support the show and continue the conversation at patreon.com forward slash general witchfinders. Subscribe and spread the word at generalwitchfinders.com. Farewell, and don't have nightmares. It's Ross from the General Witchfinders. Did you know that I also do another podcast with my friend David? Hello. No, I had fans before that. You're not taking this seriously, Ross. David and I do our own supernatural research and investigations in our home county of Dorset. So, if you think that's up your street, why don't you give it a listen? It's Dark Darset, D-A-R-Z-E-T. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It's not that.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.